Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Damien Christoph and Dr. Brett Hill. Hey, Brett. Hey, Damo. What are you working on at the moment, mate? Well, I'm working on a few things, Damo. I'm writing a book, but what I've just finished working on is my Art of Natural Running e-course, oh. and I'm really excited about it. So, you know, I've been going around Australia doing this uh, this live course where I was teaching people how to run naturally, and uh, and what I realized was that I couldn't get around to everybody, uh, and that it was hard to get around to everybody all around Australia, and even outside of Australia, people who wanted to learn about how to run naturally and how to run it more easily, how to make it more fun and how to get less injuries. And so I decided to put it all together into e-course, which is about five and a half hours worth of video content. Oh, far out. That's unbelievable. Where do people find it? So they can find it at theartofnaturalrunning.com and they'll be able to hear not just from me, but from experts like Danny Dreyer from Chi Running. We've got Kim Morrison. We've got Kelly Starrett from Mobility Ward. And we've even got a guy called The Barefoot Podiatrist, who's my favorite. Good bloke. So theartofnaturalrunning.com. Hi, this is David Christo. And this is Brett Hill. How are you, Damo? I'm great, thanks, Bretto. You got in there quicker than I did, but I'll tell you what, I'm up and about and you aren't up and about, I've got to tell you, because your footy team doesn't know how to win football games. Uh, Chokers. Oh, they're oh, frustrating, frustrating two weeks, Damo. But, you know, we're going to talk about, uh, about winter flus today, Damo, because not everyone has been sunning themselves in the Mediterranean over the last uh, couple of weeks. That's Some right. of us have been stuck here in freezing cold winter in the Adelaide Hills or in Melbourne or wherever <laughs> they are around Australia. And yeah, uh, and some people, when it gets to this sort of weather, get a little bit sick. So we're going to talk about it. I think it's a good idea. It's a good idea. But what's interesting about this is that it's been a shock to my system to come back from 35 degrees every day, blue sunny skies, no clouds at all in the sky. Um, and and now I'm I'm in cold weather. It's cold at night, oh. cold through the day, windy. My sinuses are drying out. My skin's drying out, and I can feel like little symptoms. Of, oh, listeners, know. listeners, do this with me. Oh, <laughs> poor Damo. It must the be so making, tough the coming back I'm from making, the sunny Mediterranean. Uh, we we feel we so sorry for you, Damo. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> the point I'm making is that. There is a shift and there is a change, and there's something to be said about the change in weather um, that pushes your body in a particular direction to be either more susceptible or fighting harder the bacteria or the viruses that are around us. Now, we're interviewing Mark Cohen in this particular podcast, and he mentions a great thing is that there's no rise or fall in bacteria. So when we get the you know the health ki- the health monkeys at the top of the tree saying, "Hey, this is what we're going to use." Um, to protect you from the flu this year because we've looked at all the bugs that are coming into Australia and they, and this is the bug that's coming through, so we're going to use this one to pr- protect you. coming through. It was already bloody well here in the first place. <laughs> it was, it's not that it's just jumped on the, lo- the local Qantas jet or come in from Singapore Airlines or it's fa- flying si- China Southern Air. It's already here in Australia. It's just a marketing guess. And so what Mark makes a great point about is that we need to boost our immune system so that we can counter some of the ways in which our body might respond to that environmental shift with the temperature change. Yeah, and I liked it. I thought it was a really interesting chat. You know, the thing I liked what he was chatting about was, you know, we often talk about symptomatic relief versus, you know, real underlying healing. And I guess one of the things he's talking about is sometimes when you use some of these more natural approaches, 
you can actually do both at the same time, which That's is right. really nice. That's right. It's multi-pronged. It's a multi-pronged approach. We like that, Bredo. Bredo, um, without you and I just going on and on and on like you like to do, why don't we get stuck <laughs> into this interview? Let's do it. <laughs> We're joined today, Brett, by Professor Mark Cohen. Um, Mark has been involved in the wellness industry for a very long time. When I was studying chiropractic, Brett, he was uh, he was at RMIT, and uh, and and I think he was the head of complementary therapies at the time. But we're joined with, with Mark today to talk about the immune system, and um, and this is great because it's been a long time since we've had Mark on the show, and it's a big welcome back to the Wellness Guy Show to you, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Well, it's great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. You're most welcome, Mark. It's um, I often talk about this being an interesting time of the year. It's you know it's winter here in Melbourne and in Australia, and um, people call it the flu season. But of course, we know that the flu is not a season. Uh, we know that many people do get um, immune challenged or immune stimulated at this time of the year. You know, with different viruses floating around, bacteria. You know, festering because of the moist moist air and the recirculated air. What are the sorts of things we're finding at the moment um, in and around the immune system that's being, um, I suppose, challenging for our community? What are we seeing at the moment? Oh, I mean, there's many factors in modern lifestyle that impact on your immune system. Um, for, and one, perhaps one of the most important is lack of sleep and um, the artificial light we're all getting. You know, we're all up at night on our blue light screens and things, and um, we're not sleeping as well. And, and sleep is one of the most important things for the immune system. And and the other one I'd say is um. Just our environments, um, our living environments, and looking at both the temperature to make sure you know heating and cooling is adequate, but also um, looking at the effects of what I call the building biome. But that's you know things like mold and, and um, the ecology of microbial um, activity that lives in our houses, in our beds, and in our environments in general. So, Mark, when we're talking about winter, you know everyone always talks about how you know there's more of these. Fl- Blues and more colds and viruses in winter. You know, what is it specifically about winter? You know, is it the moist environment that's that's generating these molds and things that you're talking about? Is it that our immune system is lower in winter? Well, what specifically is it about winter that means that we're more prone to and, and see more of these sorts of diseases? Well, well, it's not the prevalence of the um, microbes because they're there all the time. Uh, I think it is to do with our immunity and you know, perhaps we're in closer proximity to each other, so things can spread um you know, people can do things like wash their hands it's really a simple thing to do to try and minimize spread uh but i think yeah i mean that the days are shorter but we're not sleeping shorter necessarily and um you know there's a you know the diets are different and you know it puts a strain on our immune system in general and that then shows up with um you know in certain people especially people who are you know, a little bit compromised um in the respiratory system and that's where you get colds and you know, runny noses and things. Yeah, so um, it's a, it's an interesting thing. I remember um, being at a seminar once um, upon a time, Mark, and uh, the presenter was suggesting that uh, the symptoms that we experience, you know, the dryness at the back of our throat or the burning in our nose and our nostrils or the cough that we get with the mucus, um, you know, build up, that that's all a part of a you know, typically normal functioning immune system. However, it seems to me that um, at this time of the year, a lot of people have these things. And, and let's say Johnny A gets exposed to the to a bug and he doesn't get the symptoms, but Johnny B or Johnny's sister gets exposed to the bug and she does get um, what would appear to be an infection. 
has one of them got a better immune system than the other or is it just that they respond differently or they got more of the bug? What's the story there? Well, I mean, there can be lots of different issues there. Um, and the immune system is not just, you know, what we think about in the blood. It's the whole barrier. So, you know, in your respiratory system, you've got, um, you know, the mucosal membranes in your nose and the little hairs in your nose that humidifies and, and filters the air before you breathe it in. And then you've got the mucus that's lining your airways. Um, and then you've got the airways themselves, and then you've got you know the blood with all its T cells and B cells and antibodies, etc. So you know, there's many parts of the immune system, and I think in winter, you know, where we are going from you know, cold air to um, indoor heated air that may be recirculated or maybe dry, and those mucous membranes can dry out. Um, and then if you're a little bit tired or a bit run down, you know, these things can, you know, each adds a straw until your body says, okay, I'm, you know, I can't cope with this, and then symptoms appear. And they may be, um, you know, as I say, a runny nose, maybe a cough, um, and it may then go to a full-blown infection. And, Mark, it seems like there's a bit of confusion about what to do nowadays if you do get a bit of an infection. I mean, we're now seeing ads on TV saying, you know, if you've got a flu, you don't need to go to the emergency department. You know, you can just get some rest, you know. And so, you know, there seems to be a whole spectrum of, of attitudes to this from I need to go to the emergency department to I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to stay at home and rest and let my body do what it needs to do. You know, what's an appropriate response for people? What should Do we need to do anything about it if we're getting these challenges? And if so, what do we need to do and to what degree do we need to do it? Well, I think there's a huge spectrum here because, um, you know, the full-blown flu can be, you know, deadly in some people. And that's why, you know, um, people who have got existing respiratory illness or heart disease or, you know, the very old and the very young are very susceptible However, for most of us, it's, we don't get a full-blown flu. You know, we, we get um, a viral infection. And, you know, while that's uncomfortable, it causes a runny nose and cough and, and all those things, um, you know, it's not actually treated by antibiotics. So it, it doesn't really help to get antibiotics. What, what does help is to, to boost the body's natural immunity. And, you know, the, the most simple way to do that is, you know, to rest, to drink lots of fluids. And you know, there's a whole range of herbal remedies and um, the home remedies that can help with that. And um, then there's some just basically symptomatic relief. And there's a whole range of um, you know, symptomatic um, products that can help either reduce the cough or reduce the sore throat, etc. Yeah, yeah. Mark, it's a great point that you make there. And um, there's obviously multiple ways in which we can uh, boost the immune system. And so some of the time-tested things are things like vitamin C and Often uh, people have used things like echinacea and olive leaf extract and those sorts of things because they have different stimulating effects on the body's immune system and, you know, different aspects or different components of the immune system. Andrographis and astragalus, for example, you know, sure. also do those things, as you're very well aware. Um, we recently came across um, wild ivy as, a, as, a, as something that people could actually take to boost their immune system. How does wild ivy work? Yeah, well, wild ivy um, and that's one of the most commonly used herbs now for coughs and colds. Although, you know, I've written this big textbook, you know, herbs and natural supplements, an evidence-based guide, and you know, we talked about andrographis and echinacea and those other herbs. We actually didn't have um, ivy in our book, but um, ivy is one of the um, you know most used uh, herbs for for coughs and colds. And and um, but it's not it's not just wild ivy. The the particular product that's been had the most research is a specific extract, an EA575. And um, 
you know, it's worth just pointing out that, you know, when you're talking about any herb, um, it's like saying, you know, red wine. It's talking about whole issue, but, you know, if you go to buy you can't just buy generic red wine. You have to buy a particular red wine, whether it's Goon or a Penfold's Grey Hermitage. And, you know, so these are herbal products. So it's a, a plant that's been grown in a particular climate, in particular soil conditions. Um and you know, picked at a particular time, processed a specific way to get, you know, um, you know, stored and packaged and everything to get a finished product. And, um, and that's why you have huge varieties in wine where, you, you know, you can buy wine that costs you less than, I think, bottled water, but other wines can be tens of thousands of dollars for a bottle, even though it's the same herb, you know, Vitus vinifera, um, you know, the, the wine grapes that they're all coming from. There's huge variation. So with herbal products, it's the same. Um you know, there's a, a wide variation in the quality of the products and, um, you know, I'm, I can only comment on the, the research that I've seen and that's on a specific ivy leaf um, product called EA575. It's uh, sold as Prospan and that's been sold around the world. It's been used for about, you know, 65 years and you know, there's been ten, literally tens of thousands of people who have been researched on that and that, that product, um, you know, it's a symptomatic of the, to open the airways, to thin the mucus, and to then expectorate or ex- expel, um, you know, thick mucus. So it actually helps relieve the cough um, and to clear the airways. So this is a um, you know, three um, types of actions. So it's got a, you know, it's a, a cough suppressant. It's um, or relieves the cough. It's a expectorant, and it's a bronchodilator. And so, Mark, I'm always curious about this, about where these things come from, because, you know, often they seem to have a, a historical uh, relevance where, you know, some part of the world this was used and was used in a particular way. So where did this one come from? You know, what part of the world was it used and how was it used traditionally uh, before we started to uh, to get it as an extract? Um you know, I, I don't know the detailed history of ivy leaf in medicine, but I, th- you know, from what I understand, it's a it's one of those Western medical herbs, so it's a European origin, and um, you know, the areas around you know Germany and um, sort of the Central Europe um, have, have developed that, and you know, you, you, if you look at say herbal medicine in Germany, in those places they have a very advanced um, herbal pharmacopoeia, even used by medical doctors, so. You know, it's standard for medical doctors in in those countries to to prescribe um, herbal products, and they have a lot more, um, I guess, quality control and, and systemization about how those products are used. Yeah, right. Nice. I just uh, thinking, you know, there's different types of coughs, and um, there's dry coughs, you know, chesty coughs, moist coughs, productive coughs, non-productive coughs, tickly coughs, all these different types of coughs, and. Um, when I was a little boy, Mark, I, mum used to give me a, a medicine she'd get from the pharmacy and if I had a cough, she'd, she'd give me that and it never seemed to work. Like I just seemed to always have this cough and it would just, you know, just keep on going and going and going. And so for, you know, maybe the last, let's say 10 years, there's been some skepticism around whether or not, um, cough medicines work. And so in the regard, in regards to say using a herb to, help manage a cough or help manage the symptoms of a cough, um, is it really super effective? Is it wise to actually, you know, stop a cough? Should we help the cough, you know, um, progress? What's what's the action of ivy leaf and, and why would it be better than any other cough medicine? 
Well, I'm going to start out again that, you know, not all coughs are the same. There's many reasons why people cough. Um, sure. yeah. So, you know, it can be the side effect of a drug. You know, um, you know blood pressure drugs can make people cough. And then, um, you know, there's particle irritants and stuff in the air that can can do it. So you know, we've got to make sure we're, we, you know, it's investigated because cough can also indicate serious conditions like, you know, lung cancer and other um, you know, very serious infections. So it's really important to work out, is it just the cough? What other symptoms are there? Is there sweating? Is there um, fever? Um, you know, there's shivers and shakes, which you know, indicates a, you know, a serious condition. Um, but generally, uh, you know, a cough is saying that there's some um, mucus or foreign bodies in the lungs that, that need to be expelled. And so it's, it's good to be able to... Um, Open the open the lungs and have a bronchodilator, so the airways um, can be um, opened for air to pass, and then to thin the mucus. And this is often what happens in asthma. As in asthmatics, often get these thick, tenacious mucus plugs, and it's the mucus that actually blocks the airways. So, you know, to have something that actually thins the mucus and makes it more um, mobile, and then to be able to expectorate it you know, um, to actually um, and enable the cough to clear that. Now they're all very important actions. And when you when you're looking at a just a common cold where it's a viral infection, um, you're not actually treating the virus by doing this. So that that still requires you to to boost your immunity and you know to rest and have lots of fluids. Um, but you know to to relieve the actual cough can be a great a great thing. And, and um, I think for people to go on, you know, if they if they aren't able to to stay at home, and um, certainly, and if they're out in public, you want to to reduce the cough as well because that stops the spread of infection. Yeah, it's a great point, I reckon, Mark, because I think a lot of people do have this idea that you know, if I am using something to reduce the symptoms, then it must mean that. I'm maybe necessarily doing something that isn't as great for my health overall or, or maybe it's even, you know, negating my body's ability to heal. So, you know, I guess what we're talking about here is a more natural alternative as opposed to what would be perhaps a pharmaceutical invention, intervention, which may have some other side effects as well. I mean, how does it stack up against, you know, what would be perhaps the more typical medical or pharmaceutical interventions that we'd use for a cough uh, in terms of side effects? Well, um, Prospan is very, um, very safe, and, and you know they've got it in lozenges now, so you can just take it as a you know as a lozenge to suck. Um, so compared to you know the side effects of say antibiotics, which affect all your gut bacteria, and and you know, some people can be allergic to and have their, you know, quite serious um, you know, flow-on effects. Um, you know this is an over-the-counter um, you know natural herbal preparation that. As I say, this particular preparation is being used in I think it's more than sixty thousand um, people, and there's nearly a dozen clinical trials that actually show that there is a reduction in the, the symptoms when using it. It sounds uh, it's pretty it's pretty powerful and well researched. What are the other things that you've found, Mark, that uh, are beneficial uh, for managing? symptoms of a cold or a flu so obviously we've got a cough but the rhinitis or the dribbling of the the running of the eyes or any of those other sorts of symptoms that people might get what else have you found um is particularly with writing your book what else did you find was beneficial for the immune system particularly in and around viruses well she just before we leave prospect i'll say that um quite a few of the medications that are designed for treating colds and flu can make people drowsy 
and that's that's important for people who you know, need to stay alert or operating machinery or driving. So that's one thing that ID Leaf won't do. It won't, it won't make you drowsy. Yeah. But, th- but there are there are a whole range of things. I mean, I, I personally, I mean, I, I like to um, drink lots of herbal tea, and the teas I make, um, I use. I'm a big fan of Tulsi, holy basil, which is oh, the most revered the most revered herb in um, Ayurvedic medicine. And in fact, it. The first three volumes of our textbook on herbs and supplements didn't have Tulsi in it, and I, you know, decided to write the, a chapter on Tulsi for the fourth edition, thinking it's only going to be a small chapter and end up being over ten thousand words and wow. you know, a couple of, couple of hundred references. It's, it's so well referenced, <laughs> and um, you know that's very commonly used for um, immune support and for coughs and colds. So uh, you know, a tea made with Tulsi, and, and Tulsi is also something you can grow yourself. It grows in Melbourne as long as you keep it out of, the, you know, protected from frost. Um, it's a perennial form of basil, um, so you can use that as a base for the tea. But then I like to put in some garlic and some ginger and some lemon and maybe even some echinacea, and then you know boil that up. Um, I also am a big fan of manuka honey. Um, you know, for a sore throat, nice. even just a, a you know a straight teaspoon of manuka honey can be great. Um, and you know, there are you know lozenges and um, things you can get with honey in it or propolis um, for a sore throat. Although the you know the ivy leaf, the prosband lozenges, I think you know are also really good like that. And um, you know I'm a really big fan of sleep, um, you know just rest. Um, and and finally, I'm also a really big fan of bathing, and that goes from to you know from sauna bathing to ice bathing. And um, you know sometimes if you, you know if you've got access to a sauna, it can be good to really just sweat something out. But bearing in mind that if you're going to use a sauna, you have to, um, you know, know how to use it and, and make sure you're, you know, adequately or even overhydrated when you do that. And um, I wouldn't recommend people with colds, you know, going into an ice bath. But you know, there's a lot of um, reports from all over the world of people who use um, either cold showers or you know they go swimming in the ocean all year round, and they say they never get colds. And you know they're sort of working their um, their own body's natural heating and cooling system and um, exposing exposure to the cold on a regular basis and that can even just be with a cold shower um, may actually boost the immune system and prevent uh, colds and coughs in the first place yeah it's an interesting one Damo the cold showers Damo hasn't tried it yet I, I did hear yeah, I and, uh, say that Damien's, Damien's due he's due to try that one out so we're going to keep <laughs> well, working I've, on I've, it. I've got a recipe for him then um, uh, no, I've, sort of, I've posted a couple of places on my website but um it's called the cold water hokey pokey, and it's a way of having a cold shower to make it non-traumatic. And what you do is you start out with a really hot shower, yes, um, you know, just a nice normal hot shower. But then you turn the heat up a little bit more, so you actually, you know, you're feeling a bit of heat. You know, you may be even breaking out a sore sweat, so it's almost as hot as you can bear. And then you turn the hot water off and the cold water on, and the hardest part of this whole thing is just that decision to do that. <laughs> and then. Once the cold water's on, you, you just wet your left foot and your leg and then your right foot and leg and then your left hand and arm and your other hand and arm. And what that does, it, it vasoconstricts your periphery, you know, you, all the blood vessels in your arms and legs you know, close up and it pushes that hot blood that was in there into your core so your core stays warm. And then you, know, you keep breathing calmly and you smile to yourself because that's what it's all about. And then you put your left side in, then your right side in, then your front side in, you turn yourself around, you know, continue breathing calmly and smile to yourself because that's what it's all about. And then finally, you put your whole head in. This is so, hilarious. 
love it. I love yeah. it. Well, so, so, I tell you what, Wellness Guys fans, if you think this is a good idea and that Damien should do it, I, I want you to go to uh, Wellness Guys Facebook page under this episode and just post and tell me if you think Damien should toughen up and give the cold showers a go. But anyway, as an aside, Mark, I, I also need. I just say it's good to do it now when the, the the shower water is really cold in Melbourne winter because in summer it's like 18, 20 degrees. Now it's about 10 or 12 degrees. Yeah. Well, it's all relative too. So when it's colder outside, it doesn't seem as cold, Damien, so you'd be fine. But, um, <laughs> Mark, the other one I've read about coughs is cacao and that cacao could be good for coughs. Now, I think I got this from Dr. Google at some stage and I just decided to run with it because I liked the idea of having chocolate when I wasn't feeling very well. And, you know, we make homemade chocolate so they're, they're healthy and, you know, don't have too many other nasty ingredients in them. But is cacao actually good for stopping a cough or have I just been eating chocolate because I feel like eating chocolate? I think you've just been eating chocolate, but that's not a bad thing because um, good chocolate is a health food. Um, it's when you get into the, you know, the highly processed commercial chocolates that have got you know, more sugar and milk and solids and other things than actually cacao. So cacao is actually a super health food. It's great for you know, blood pressure. It's great for cholesterol. It's great for um, you know, general immunity and, and good health. Um, and it comes from a bean. You know, so I'm, I'm just going to take that as a yes, cacao is good for chocolate. Keep doing it, but uh, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be specific for your coughs and colds. Uh, that's hilarious. Mark, it appears that there's so much that we could do for our immune system. Obviously, we mentioned some herbs. We've mentioned some vitamins. Vitamin D is important. So, um, you know, in the lower regions of Australia, you know, when you're sort of getting, you know, below, I think it's Newcastle is that kind of is the line, I think, from memory. We, we struggle to, to make vitamin D. Do you think it's essential that people um, dose up the vitamin D through the winter as well as vitamin C as well as, you know, take some... Um, other herbs to boost their immune system. If they get symptoms, then go and nail it with you know great products such as ivy leaf extract, the EA four uh, five seven five. Yeah, well, um, I mean, vitamin D is super important, and you know, there's an awareness now that a lot of people are deficient. Um, and I guess in winter, people don't go outside as much. Um, but yeah, I mean, the sunshine in winter, I mean, you can really appreciate it. And, and I recommend even even if you're in the car and the sun's shining, to, to wind down the window and get the sun on your on your skin without being filtered through the window. Because once it's filtered through a window, you don't get you know, vitamin D activated. So you want that, that sunlight on your skin. And you only need a few minutes a day. It's not like you don't have to sunbake. But um, I think it's important throughout the winter that people go outside and get sunshine on them and really appreciate that. I mean, I love to do that when I'm up at the snow. Um, you know, you always feel better <laughs> after being at the snow, especially on a sunny day. But, yeah, that, that winter sun's really important. And and then if you have some concern that you may be deficient in vitamin, C, uh, vitamin D, it's worth getting your levels checked and then maybe taking a supplement as well. Yeah, great advice, great advice. Mark, um, the product that we mentioned or you mentioned before was Prospan and uh, it's part of the Flordis range and it's a range of um, supplements that I've been using in my practice for a number of years. You know, I've, I've used their Vitex product, I've used their St. John's Ward product and um, and the, so Premular and Remotive. So I've used those and I actually haven't used Prospan but you talk about it with such um, enthusiasm that I think I'll probably get it into my practice as well. But where can people find Prospan if they're looking for it? Oh, I think um, it's general over-the-counter in pharmacies. Now, now Flordis, I um, mean, they're a great brand because they, they're they an unusual company. They're set up by some pharmaceutical executives that took on the sort of the pharmaceutical model of only having products that are clinically trialled and the specific product that was in the clinical trial is the product they sell. 
Um, so the, you know the whole range there uh, all have you know peer-reviewed clinical research to show that that particular product is effective, and that's unusual. I don't know any, any other brand actually that has that, and I think people have to be a little bit cautious when people say, "Oh yeah, echinacea it works or it doesn't work." But it's not, as I say, it's not just echinacea. It's a particular formulation. It's like saying red wine's good for you, or it's not good for you. It's it's like you know you want, you want to nail down to actually the the what's in the bottle or what's what's in the product you're taking, and um, yeah, with that, with Flautus, I mean they've always got clinical research. But I know with echinacea, for example, some products have echinacea on the label, but it, in, rather than the root, it's the leaf. And rather than Augustifolia, it's Purpura or, or the other way around. So um, even though it might be there on the label, it might be just a label claim and, and the, the actual part of the plant or the, the, the level of, um, of the dose um, won't be effective. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great point. But it also remind, it should remind the listener, all of our audience here, should be reminded that it is important to just check out the product that you're getting. Make sure that you speak to a health your healthcare uh, practitioner, your healthcare provider, um, and preferably somebody who's not only into the drugs. Like actually ask your health practitioner whether or not they're into vitamins and minerals and herbs as well. Um, as opposed to just the drugs um, because the drugs, you know, obviously they're useful when they're required, but there's many other very safe ways that you can actually improve your health and well-being. Mark, I want to thank you so much for joining us again on the Wellness Guy Show. It has been a number of years since you've been on here, but it is really great to hear from you again and continue to do some great work the way in which you are and good luck with all the uh, next chapters that you continue to write. Well, thanks so much. It's great to be with you and um, look forward to joining you maybe in less than five years from now. <laughs> I hope so too. Thanks again, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Okay, cheers. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Wellness Guy Show. We hope you love the new feel. Remember to continue to interact with us and tell us what you thought of this and other episodes. Please head to facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Guys and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is the way that we get to share our message with the world. For more information about Bredo and all that he's up to, please head to drbredhill.com.au. And to find out more about me, head to damienchristoff.com. Until we meet again, continue to bring wellness into your life and we'll join you next time on The Wellness Guy Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.